one of our values as a church is the first and best plan, and that is God's plan for family. And what better day to celebrate family than this morning on Christmas Day. So I want to take some time this morning and just pray that we enjoy this day in our families. God, thank you so much for your first and best plan. Thank you for the gift of family. Whether that is our family by blood or our family by friendship or relationship, God, thank you so much for this beautiful gift of family. Thank you for love. Thank you for relationships. Thank you for the emotions that we get to feel, whether it's sad or happy, Jesus. Emotions are good and it's a part of being a family. So I pray today as we celebrate your birth, Jesus, as we celebrate Christmas Day, I pray that we celebrate it together with our families, God. I pray for fun times over food, over presents, over whatever our Christmas traditions are, Jesus. So I continue to pray your blessing over family and the fun times that we get to have today. But we also pray for those who, who maybe find the holiday season a bit challenging. For whatever reason that is, God, you know what it is. You know what we're going through. So I pray for those people right now, Jesus. I pray your blessing over them. I pray that somehow this season for everybody is relaxing and refilling, God. And we get to spend good time with you, Jesus, because we are a part of your family. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm excited to be here today. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's so great to be together like this. I hope that you've had a great day so far. On Christmas Day, I sleep under the tree with the children and our dog. And I don't know what fears you need stilled in your life, but I have had a lot of anxiety leading up to this Christmas and I'm alive. So praise be to our maker. The theme and the thought that we've been following through this Christmas series has been tracking these encounters where an angel sent by God was used uniquely and powerfully on these occasions in the Christmas story and the words that the angel brought in these instances, though different in message to each recipient, all included this line, do not be afraid. You'd think that we as people have a problem with being afraid. I think if you're honest, if I'm honest, we know what it's like to grapple with fears. And isn't it wonderful that God is not afar off and unconcerned, but Christmas, today celebrates, he comes close, he comes near to still all of our fears. In this series, we've looked at an angel speaking to Zechariah, saying, do not be afraid. And Zechariah, he had a fear of certain circumstances in his life. Maybe you know what it's like to have fear of circumstances. Zechariah was afraid that though he and his wife were barren, could God be listening? Was he actually listening? And the angel showed up and said, do not be afraid. The Lord has heard your prayers. We looked at the angel speaking to Mary, saying, do not be afraid to Mary. Mary was afraid, perhaps, of certain unknown things. You and I, I think, know what it's like to feel afraid of what we're uncertain or unaware of. Joseph experience an angel coming to him. And again, the angel says, do not be afraid. And maybe like Joseph, you and I can relate to what it's like at times to be afraid of what others think of us and being perceived in the wrong way or being misunderstood. And the shepherds, last night we talked about the shepherds, a fear perhaps of not being good enough, not being noticed, somehow not being qualified, not mattering enough in God's world. And the angels show up saying, do not be afraid. 
and there's a message of real joy and hope that speaks to all humanity, even those that feel that perhaps they've been overlooked or they're not good enough. God has something to speak to every one of our hearts, and it can still all of our fears. When we look at the Christmas story as we've followed this Christmas season through it, I mean, there's a host of characters. There's, well, there's Zechariah, there's Mary, there's Joseph, there's the shepherds, there's the Magi, there's Herod, there's the Roman influence that surrounds Bethlehem. There's all kinds of characters, but at the center of Christmas is Jesus. The center of your nativity scene is Jesus. And today, Christmas Day, although there's food, and for many of us, the experience of family and friendship and connecting and laughter, at the center of Christmas is not just food and friends and gifts. The center of Christmas continues to be Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm sure many of you have had the experience in your own homes or maybe when you visited other homes and you watched children opening presents. Maybe you've experienced it where a child, a child gets carried away and the thing they're actually most excited about is not the gift but the box that was actually you know, packaging the gift that they received. You know, they've, they've received the gift but now the attention's on the box and now they're in the box or they're tearing it apart or they're doing something with it. And I remember some Christmases like that for myself and even with our own children where we were excited about what we were giving them, but it seemed that for a while at least they were distracted by something sort of on the periphery. And I think if we are honest as humans, we can get attracted to all kinds of other things around the Christmas experience in our modern moments. And even as we look back in scripture, we can be so impressed with Joseph or the shepherds, or the magi, and their gifts that they brought, or we can be impressed with Mary. And as wonderful as each of those characters are, at the center of Christmas is Jesus. He is the gift that it's all about. One of Jesus' closest followers and friends was named John. And John had the opportunity to observe Jesus very closely for three years. He watched Jesus. He listened to Jesus. In fact, he kind of thought he was perhaps one of Jesus' most favored followers. John writes some letters to the early church, and in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, John writes this, God is love. The whole chapter of 1 John 4 is wonderful. A few verses after verse 16 and verse 18, John says this, Perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love drives out fear. The arrival of Jesus at Christmas, which we celebrate today, the arrival of Jesus is the arrival of love incarnate. God's love has come to our world. His love has come to your life and to mine. He's offered the fullness of himself, the fullness of his love to you and I. And what is one of the most beautiful byproducts of his love? It deals with our fears. Have you ever been in a situation where you've been upset or, or nervous or concerned or worried about something, and then you find yourself in the presence of someone who loves you, it adjusts the atmosphere. It changes the mood in your soul. I remember a time as a young guy 
when uh, our family went to the zoo. I was probably around three years old, and for whatever reason, that day, uh, the lion was in a real bad mood. I mean, he, he was foul that day. And so from quite a ways away, we could hear the lion roaring and roaring and roaring. And when you're three years old, I mean, it's all about seeing the lion. Now, for me, though, when I heard the roaring, it didn't matter how uh, secure the chain link fence looked to me. I was scared. It's interesting. Some of you know what it's like to have memories from early childhood years, and some of the things in the memory are a little bit fuzzy, and then some things are clear. I remember with clarity being terrified of the lion that day. It didn't matter how many times my parents told me, there is a chain link fence all around this lion. In fact, there's a secondary fence around it. If by some miraculous ability he got out of the first fence, he can't get past the second one, you're okay. Have you ever had somebody try to rationalize your fears away? It doesn't always work, does it? And in that moment as a three-year-old boy, I was still scared. I did not want to walk past the lion's pen. I continued to be anxious. I continued to be afraid. I continued to fuss. I cried and I cried and I cried. And amidst the flurry of all kinds of fuzzy memories and a few clear things, another very clear memory emerges. The moment my dad took me up and put me upon his shoulders, wrapped my little legs around his neck, held onto my legs like this, and carried me up and above him. And then we walked past. And I remember feeling safe. I remember calming down. You know, the lion didn't calm down because my dad did that. He was still wound up. But I calmed down. Why? Because my dad was with me. I felt his presence. I felt safe. Perfect love casts out fear. Christmas is the gesture of God to all of humanity, acknowledging that us in our fear, we are seen by God. And when he sees us in our fear, he doesn't try to rationalize it away for us. He gets close. He holds us and gives you and I the opportunity to feel safe. In the Christmas story, which, as you read it in Scripture, appears mostly in the book of Luke and a little bit in Matthew, we find that Jesus is introduced to us and he's, he's referred to by several different names and titles. And I won't go through the whole list of them now, but I want to just bring a few of them to you from Scripture's Christmas story. In Luke chapter 2, verse 11, he is Savior in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, he's also known as Lord. In Luke chapter 1, he's named King. And in Matthew chapter 1, he's called Emmanuel. As we consider these names and these titles for Jesus, as we bring this moment to a close, I want you to, on your screen right now, see these four names these four concepts, these four titles. And I want you just to ask yourself, when I consider Jesus as Savior, when I consider Jesus as Lord, when I consider him as King, when I consider him as Emmanuel, God with us, what do I need today? Which of these four words resonates to you 
today. And as you now are a week away from 2023, as you think about the prospect of a new year, for many of us there's joy and there's hope, for others there's uncertainty or there's concern. When you look at this list and when you think of the year in front of us, how do you need to know the Lord? Maybe you know what it's like to need him to bring rescue to your life. Maybe you're at a place where you've served substances or situations or other people as if they were the Lord of your life. Maybe you've served yourself as if you are the Lord of your life. And as you look towards next year, you're realizing, I need to lay my life down to the true Lord the one and only Jesus. Maybe there's an anxiousness in your soul about what's going on in our world, an uncertainty of what might happen in our country as you think about economics or finances or whatever it may be. And maybe today you're remembering he is a king and he's a good king. He takes care of those who belong to his kingdom. And maybe, maybe there's a brokenness or pain that comes to your mind. Maybe there's today for you a sense of loneliness. And today you're embracing Emmanuel, the fact that you are not alone. You are not without hope. God himself has come close. He's hoisted you up onto his shoulders and he's given you a sense of safety and hope, presence and peace. I want to pray for you as we this message. As we do so often in our gatherings, I'm inviting you right at home right now. Would you just join me in putting your hand over your heart? There's nothing magical about that, but I think in a way it's us saying, okay, God, I'd let you touch me in the deepest parts of who I am. So Father, I'm praying right now for our church family gathered in our homes, gathered abroad, some traveling in other places, still connected by your spirit. And I'm praying that your perfect love would touch every heart today. There are some that are watching in this moment and they know what it's like to feel so afraid or so worried about something. It doesn't matter how much rationalizing and information or scripture or truth comes at them. It just, it hasn't fixed it yet. And so what they're needing right now, Father, from you is for you to just pick them up and hold them. They need to feel your perfect love. So I'm praying that your perfect love would touch every heart. And Father, we don't want to just be filled with your love. We want to overflow with it. As we move into next year, we're thinking of our mission field here in the Comox Valley. Jesus, would your love move from our lives to our community as well? I'm praying for a great release of your perfect love today and in this coming year. And we thank you. We thank you for coming near to us through Jesus Christ and giving us hope for today, tomorrow, and the year in front of us. We pray this now in the very strong name of Jesus. And everybody across all the households of Comox Pentecostal Church said together, amen, amen. I invite you to join me in worshiping our Lord together now as Laura and Dave lead us.
singing, everybody. I feel like I can hear you right from our auditorium. As Pastor Clay mentioned earlier, we gather again next Sunday. Everybody at home right now, could you say next Sunday? That's January 1st at 10 a.m. just for one service in person. And if you happen to be traveling or maybe you're not feeling well, hopefully you will be. But you can join us online next Sunday as well. But I know that most of you are ready for us to be together again, worshiping in this room in 2023. I want to remind you that in January, as a church family, we're starting the year right together with an encounter with God retreat weekend. And so if you have not yet signed up, I know it's Christmas Day and I shouldn't be getting into announcements and business and stuff, but next year is so important and your walk with God matters so much. So I invite you, would you consider joining us for the Encounter with God weekend, January 6, 7, and 8? You can find more information on our website. That's enough announcements. That's enough from me. I hope you get to enjoy some great food today. God bless you. And from Laura, myself, our family, and our church family. Merry Christmas.